0: Can tell it's getting
1: warmer outside because I'm wearing a t shirt, you're wearing a t shirt, they're uh-huh. brighter colors, they are. And my shorts that I'm wearing match your shirt perfectly. Oh,
0: beautiful! Oh, now I'm looking down on myself and I see that there's a little bit of macaroni and cheese crusted <laughs> to the front of my shirt. Oopsie,
1: oopsie, Oops. everyone knows what Corinne evidence. Evidence, I was actually wearing
0: shorts a few days ago. Because I was sweating my ass off after that freaking second
1: vaccine. I was ill. But you're better now. Yep. We're fully vaccinated. I have kittens. Oh, wait, before I get into this and make this a podcast about cats because it's my life now. <laughs> someone was upset because I think two episodes ago, we did not do our intro. Oh, this is two girls, one ghost. Two girls, one ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. Hello. And I'm Sabrina. And now I'm going to talk all about my kitties because they're so cute. I can't
0: believe we forgot our intro. How
1: embarrassing. I know. Well, I saw someone, maybe it was just me not whispering it because I just saw someone comment on our post saying, I can't believe Sabrina didn't whisper two girls, one ghost. Oh, maybe you, yeah, maybe it was forgotten. So it's probably just all my fault, but I put it on both of us because. I'll take it. I'll take the hit with you. I
0: didn't want to take the blame. I will take it with you gladly. It's you and me together forever. Forever
1: and ever. And now it's you and your kittens. Oh my gosh, you guys. I'm sure people have seen because I've been posting nonstop on social media. (laughs) The daily
0: Instagram story?
1: Yeah. Well, because I want to help get them adopted. So I'm just like showing them off to the world. But I am fostering two kittens and they are probably like six weeks old now. But they are the tiniest little nuggets ever. Even when I took them, because they were a little sick a week ago, so I had to take them to their, the shelter vet. And there were other kitten, foster kittens there that were the same age, but like three times the size of these guys. They were truly gnocchi. Their names are gnocchi and ravioli. Which is <laughs> the cutest. Gnocchi was 0. 0.27 pounds. Tiny. Why are they so
0: tiny? Is it, is it a
1: particular breed or are they just like the most petite kitten? So they were orphaned, so they didn't have their mom's milk. Mm. and they were bottle fed and there were eight of them so they were a litter of eight kittens poor mama had eight babies oh
0: boy eight
1: yeah i don't know much about cats
0: but i know a little bit about dogs and i know dogs can be impregnated by multiple other dogs so when they have a litter it could be like like my dog wrinkles growing up he had one full
1: brother and then like six half brothers all Mm -hmm. in the same litter is that the same case for cats i do think i believe so yes yes I believe so. So, but I don't know that they could verify one way or another. Mm. I have two of eight. Um, it's funny, the woman who texted me was like, We have foster babies. Are you interested? There are eight. And I was like, I can't take eight. eight. Are you trying oh, to kill my me? God. Also, Leia would have just given oh. up on life. She would have been like, I'm moving out. She, she might be giving up on life a little bit. No, she's so curious about them, but Leia's such a scaredy cat that she might be interested, but she'll, like, come up to them while they're sleeping and, and want to sniff them. But, like, an ear will twitch and she'll freak out. And it's like, yeah, dude, they're sleeping. She's an only child. She's such an only child. Such an only child. But they are up for adoption in, like, I don't know how long it takes them to get to two pounds. <laughs> it's gonna be like a year. If anyone, I mean, as much as I would love to keep them, it is a lot of work to have three cats in a small apartment. So, Please, if you know anyone who wants to adopt these two babies, they are so cute and loving, like truly snuggle up in my neck. I have so many photos of just like self like ugly selfies of the kittens like curled up around my chin and my neck. And it's so cute. the most adorable. They're so loving and precious. Um, But if p- anyone's interested, you can Instagram message me. You can even email us on our two girls. One goes email. Just say cat kitten. Just cat <laughs> alert inquiry. Cat alert. I want kittens. Please do. Because I, I want to get them a good a good home. And a home that loves ghosts is the best home, in my opinion. <laughs> Absolutely. In my opinion, personally. Keep your cat entertained all day long. I also want to say, I've always had respect for parents. But after this past two weeks, I have so much more respect. But more that I even didn't know that I had room for. Because I truly feel like, and I'm not trying to say that it's the same experience being fostering two kittens but like i'm up all the time in the middle of the night i'm cleaning so much kitten poop and pee and like giving them a ton of baths and like basically feeding them by hand it is it is an experience and i i will just say i give all you parents out there so much respect and admiration yeah and think about how many people
0: like this happened my own poor mom had to go through this think about how many people who have young children or like babies and get a a puppy or an animal to grow up with the kids and you have a a human and and an animal baby to raise
1: at the same time it's funny i called nick the other day (laughs) because i was like trying to make dinner and also like cleaning up after the kittens and like one of them was really sick and i was like nick i am not ready for children (laughs) (laughs) at least i acknowledge it and i I know it Um, i'm ready for you to have children I know you are. And so were some <laughs> of our listeners. Well, you were the one pregnant in the last one. So that's good. I mean, not good, but like, what, was it's pregnant? not me. When was this? In, in a listener's dream. Oh, oh oh, oh. yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were talking about, I was thinking of our last encounters where I had, I don't remember what I accidentally ate, but it was something and I was so bloated. Oh, oh when you, you b- did my,
1: pretend you were pregnant. I showed my big belly. Your big belly? My big belly. belly. You know yeah. what else I realized? I feel like we've i don't know i maybe i just get so engrossed in our podcast that i forget to talk about things that are happening in my life but i freaking wrote an episode of television and didn't tell anyone on the podcast which like <laughs> is basically free advertising for people to watch the show i work on and i just totally slipped up and it's come and gone but um I did write an episode of Prodigal Son.
0: More reason for people to follow you on Instagram, though, because it was on your yeah, Instagram story. It was. But I was also bad
1: with that. I said it the day before. Like, I should have been marketing. Yeah, and I feel like you were just reposting other people yeah. posting about it. <laughs> like, you didn't say anything. You're just like, oh, I'll repost this one. I'm so bad at social media, so... Except for when I have kittens, apparently. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I wrote an episode of Prodigal Son. It's episode nine of season two. Um, and it came out on 420. Hello. Yay. And it was really fun. But yeah, I, I I guess post-marketing is not as good as pre-marketing. But please okay. watch it.
0: People can still... Numbers count. It's it's yeah. network television. That's Anyone true. Anyone can still re-watch. And I feel yeah. like now in the days of streaming, can't
1: you just go on to the website and... Watch directly offline. So I think, it, so it's on Fox probably mm-hmm. and it's on Hulu. I know season two for sure is on Hulu, but then season one is on HBO Max if you want to start from the beginning. Okay.
0: I need to start from the beginning. I'm the worst friend in the world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so, you're, it's on brand for you. I, feel I like know. you'd like it. Well, here's the thing is I'm not good at like waiting for like ha- second season or second season. Third. Like fourth. Fourth or fifth season of Handmaid's yeah. Tale is out now. I know I need to watch that too. But I'm gonna wait because I like to binge things. So I need to just wait and binge. But that's a hard one to binge. I don't know how you do that. I just power through. I do like three episodes at one time and then I get exhausted and then I
1: wait a few days and then I do it again. Oh, okay. Well, I think they released three episodes at a time. Did they? Oh, do they? Or I, they did I, when I the nothing. first three came out, I think. Interesting. I think. I
0: think. I did watch another documentary. Um, <gasps> Sasquatch? Yes! I wasn't thinking about that one, but yes. Oh, baby. I have got some Instagram direct messages to respond to because I just kept getting an influx of messages being like, you got to watch Squatch, Sasquatch, Sasquatch. Have you seen that? You got to watch Squatch. And I was like, oh my God. So I did. I watched it. It's easy to watch. (laughs) It's three episodes. And it was just so, I was so engrossed
1: in it. Oh my gosh. It was so good. Did you watch the whole thing? No, I haven't watched it. So that- Okay, that's our task. You watch *Prodigal Son*. I'll watch *Sasquatch*. Okay, you watch three episodes of
0: *Sasquatch*. Yeah. Here's the thing, and I think this aids to why the *Sasquatch* documentary was so great, was because the first episode, you're basically introduced to this private investigator who has, he's trying to figure out like where the line is drawn between the stories he's hearing, whether it be, um criminal or whether it be actually at the hands of Bigfoot. And so it's really leaning in the direction of Bigfoot having committed certain murders in this one area. Uh, And so he's going in being like, this is absolutely wild. I don't know what to believe. I've never believed in anything like this, but like I need to investigate and I'm like fully in. And then the following two episodes dive a bit into kind of like the culture that was up there. It was it was like marijuana growing in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, Um, and just talking about that. And so it was really interesting learning about basically all of these, quote unquote, like hippies that went up there to grow and sell weed. And then the war Mm -hmm. on drugs happened and they were getting like wiped out. And it's just all this criminal activity. And what surprised me most out of this whole documentary, and this is just like a moment of reflection for me to understand and kind of like, you know, check my privilege here. I had no idea mm-hmm. that this area in Northern California where they were growing all of this weed was super, to me, it was shocking. I was like, what the fuck is this? But Whoa. so it really shows you how what was meant to be a cover of like hippie, like free spirit, like just let us be in our own commune and grow and smoke was actually this crazy, dangerous uh, situation to live in. Interesting. And then of course, there's the whole Sasquatch Whoa. story like, alongside it well i did a terrible job describing it but basically the premise is there's three guys that get murdered who work on a marijuana farm and the rumor is that's the
1: key piece of information i just
0: <laughs> didn't tell you i just went oh my god
1: <laughs> there was a moment where i was like is she talking about the thing that she was going to say before the sasquatch thing Because <laughs> i don't know how they're connected
0: no that's it i'm just my mind is just <laughs> turning, 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 churning. So I I'm, I'm being a horrible storyteller oh my at the moment.
1: Okay, well, I have to watch it. What's the other thing you watched? Did
0: I to talk about this? I don't remember. But I, I watched a documentary called Why Did You Kill Me? It's on <gasps> Netflix. Sounds amazing. It's really good. It's essentially it is this this one girl, I think she was like 17 at the time. She was in a car mm-hmm. with her brother and maybe a cousin. I'm I'm gonna I watched it a few weeks ago, so I'm gonna miss some details. But they were driving at night, and another car and a man basically approached them, and the girl in the back of the car got shot and was killed. And no one had what? any idea why it was so confusing as to what was happening, but rumors went around the town that it was a particular gang member or like someone from a particular gang that was responsible for this. And so her family, this this girl's family angel or well her name wasn't angel but they named her angel on myspace Mm -hmm. her younger cousin made a fake myspace catfished all the members of this gang to get intel and get the info and find the (gasps) killer and then there's there's also this amazing scene right at the end with some tarot cards and a little tarot card reading and it's just it made me it made me cheer whoa it's pretty good Okay, that sounds
1: amazing.
0: Yeah. You don't even think about, like, I feel like people think about catfishing just for straight catfishing. And then also, like, catching, like, sexual predators, like, child predators. But I never thought about it to just get intel on gang members. Wow. That's another one for everybody out there.
1: That tarot card thing leads me into something that I wanted to say. Before we get to the episode, and it is paranormal Mm -hmm. related... There's a book. So my brother for Christmas got me book of the month and I have just fallen in love with it because I love getting real physical books in the mail. It's like the best present in the world. So I've been getting them every month and I just ordered my book of the month for May. And technically it's not one of the books of the month, but it's like one of the top Mm -hmm. readers books and it's called Home Before Dark and it's by Riley Sager and it sounds so good. So I wanted to put it out there if anyone else has read it or if anyone wants to read it with me. Corinne, you included. The synopsis is: a woman inherits her creepy childhood home to find it's haunted by more than memories. Cue the Ouija board game chills. <gasps> that sounds right up our alley, right? Wow, right? Oh, I'm very intrigued. So, Home Before Dark that is a uh, that is next to my docket of books. This story. makes me
0: want to be an author. Like, I want, I want to write books like this. I want to be able to take all of the scary shit that just exists in our brains. And I know write it out in a novel form. But I feel like that's takes so much talent and patience.
1: Well, that's why I did the not that it's less talent or less patience, but I did the screenplay route words. Less yeah, pages you to turn out mini books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. OK, I'm excited about this episode. I got chills when we were doing when I was doing research. I like how I keep saying we as if we do everything together, <laughs> which I mean...
0: It's you and me together. I just sit in the corner. Hold your hand. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you just astral project and sit behind me and watch as I research. It's basically the same thing. And we
0: text all the time. So it's... You're my cheerleader. It's like that. Yeah. Well, we had yeah. a Patreon member pick out this week's topic. It's picked by Sally, Annie, and Aaron, A whole family. The whole fam. And the request was for hellhounds. hmm So we did... Really, Sabrina took the topic (laughs) of hellhounds. I did. And then I tried to choose something kind of similar. I'm wondering. Do you want me to go first? I was going to say, because we normally alternate, but I feel like it makes more sense for you to go first since the topic is supposed to be (laughs) hellhounds.
1: I can go first. And and I'm just going to preference this with this little disclaimer. Hellhounds? are a very, very broad topic. Because when you, like, start doing research with them, there are so many different types of hellhounds. They change based on the region and country and location. And there are, like, o- so many famous stories of hellhounds. There's also so many... I have so many theories. I've created some theories. There's also oh. so many, like, stories and encounters that, like... People have had, like, if you look at Reddit or, I don't know, any of your favorite uh, paranormal sites. So I'm just going to say my research was reaching towards nine pages of content. And oh my gosh. Um, no one wants to hear me talk that much. I don't want to hear myself I talk that much. No, I've no. long
0: said I want you to, to record <laughs> yourself Saying bedtime stories because I could eat, I could fall asleep to your voice. It's so nice and
1: soothing. Oh, thank I could you. Listen to you all day long, Sabrina. Okay, well, fine. I don't want to hear myself talk, and <laughs> okay. that is something <laughs> I am working on with my therapist because I get so flustered when I hear myself talk. Which is so funny that I have a po- that we have a podcast that I uh, talk for two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of that is to say, this is a a mousse bouche for your taste buds, and please. Feel free to read more because there are so many fascinating stories about hellhounds. Shall we get into it? Yes. Okay. So basically this episode is about dogs. And like, when I say dogs, you're probably like, oh my gosh, cute. I love dogs. My voice changes when I'm around them and I forget (laughs) all normal social cues because I just want to hug them. (laughs) Um... But let's just say hellhounds are not the kinds of dogs you want to stop and hug and just rub your face in theirs and kiss their little cheeks. If anything, you should scream and run for the hills or I don't know, maybe running doesn't even matter because they have super speed and super strength and uh, it's not something you really can get away from. It's just a terrible situation. These hellhound dogs are ferocious black dogs with mangled, matted hair, glowing red or sometimes green or yellow eyes, and sharp, barred teeth that wreak havoc on the world. They are terrifying beasts that like to instill fear in humans, demons, and even angels. And if those characteristics don't scare you enough, they also have, as I said, super strength and super speed. There are many different types of hellhounds, what, what, like I said earlier about, you know, based on the location and then their characteristics and behaviors may vary, which is to me, honestly, more terrifying because it's like, you can't really predict what encounter you're going to have if you do in in happen to encounter a hellhound. Because it's not like, oh, I I listened to Two Girls, One Ghost, and I know what I need to do to get away from them. Or I know what this is doing here. It's kind of like, It's a roll of the dice. You have no idea what they want or why they're there. And um, they're scary. I don't know. I I was once chased by a dog in my childhood neighborhood and I will never forget it. And that's what I think of when I think of hellhounds. So, (laughs) yeah. But then I also, okay, I say that. But then as I go through this, there are also a lot of moments where I was like, oh, wait, they're not so bad. They just have a bad rep. So I came up with a theory, which I will get to later. That's an amuse bouche for later. <laughs> I wanna, I wanna name the
0: title of this episode amuse amuse bouche, but I don't know how to spell it. <laughs>
1: I can hardly say it. Well, thank goodness for the internet. You can Google it. I, can't. I don't even know how to spell it either. I'm just <laughs> trying. I like how it yeah. sounds. Oh, so going off of like not really knowing what to expect, it's not like you know how with skinwalkers. It's a like skinwalkers can vary, I guess, kind of, but like you know where they are. Like we know skinwalkers like to hang out around skinwalker ranch. So like, oh, I'm going to avoid skinwalker ranch so that I don't encounter a skinwalker. But like hellhounds, it's like they're everywhere. There is this one guy, I think his name is Nick, Nick Nick Slate maybe, um, who has like made it a mission to try to document all the encounters with hellhounds. And he has, I think he's archived maybe 500 and he put them on a map and it's just like dots everywhere what i know that's terrifying i think he did it in europe specifically so i'll I, I can post the map and i'll send it to you as well but it's just like sorry they're everywhere frequent encounters and no hot spots it's just you're never yeah kind of like aliens too right i mean like yeah. area 51 is i don't know if that's where they're landing but that's where they are maybe studied i feel like encounters can happen anywhere mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so true so again, based on location, the characteristics and appearances and behaviors may change. Sometimes they're hairless and emaciated. Sometimes they have multiple heads. Sometimes they have zero heads, aka they're headless. Sometimes they're massive, like uh, Fluffy from Harry Potter, and they like dwarf the size of a horse or bear. They're massive. Uh, And then sometimes they're a regular dog size. And sometimes, and this is similar to skinwalkers, which is maybe, I'm like, well, maybe people have seen a skinwalker and kind of confused it with a hellhound because they say sometimes they have a sinister human sounding laugh. Mm. Which is also very coyote-esque. That's
0: true. Yeah. Coyotes sound like screaming women or children playing on, on a school ground park.
1: Yeah. And also they commonly have very silent footsteps so they can sneak up on you without you hearing or being mm. kind of given notice of their their um, appearance. And now that I'm saying all of this, I do want to also, disclaimer, say that, you know how we're like protective of black cats because they have, you know, bad rep with like, oh, they're bad luck. I do want to say like black dogs are very, very sweet, and please don't listen to this episode and be like, oh my god, black dogs are bad luck, because... No way! I will not true. fight
0: you, because Corinne all the will dogs... Corinne fight you. My dog was black, all the yeah. dogs in my family, were a black dog family. All the
1: cousins... Corinne and her little Rainbow Bridge puppies will come after you. Yes. It's
0: me in the shadows.
1: <laughs> anyway, and and they say that you'll know for sure when you see one, because they are very, obviously not a regular dog. Mm. And, like, the glowing eye, I don't know. The glowing eye is probably a dead giveaway. Generally, hellhounds have been tasked with collecting the souls of humans whose deals have come to their end. Which, like, makes me think of someone who, you know, sold their soul to the devil for some specific thing. Illuminati. Then, or the Illuminati. And then when they get that thing, it's like, oh, actually, I don't want to give you my soul. And, like, I got... Why am I in the world? I got greedy there we are i got (laughs) greedy and now i want to keep my soul and keep the thing that you gave me Mm -hmm. um the devil or demons will send hellhounds to kind of do their dirty work and and get their souls kind of like the demon's assassin or the devil's assassins yeah this is like the collector yeah the reaper too yes but they aren't only used for the task of collecting souls they can pretty much do whatever a demon may want them to do so There have been stories of them protecting supernatural treasures or terrorizing potential possession victims. Uh, I don't know, get them an ice cream sundae. Whatever the demons want, they they can ask the hellhounds to do. In European legends, seeing a hellhound or hearing it howl may be an omen or even a cause of death. And according to Wikipedia, they are said to be the protectors of supernatural and guard the secrecy of supernatural creatures or beings from the rest of the world, which I think is super, super fascinating. It makes me wonder if, Corinne, when you go hunting for Bigfoot, your future boyfriend, if perhaps you would encounter a hellhound or if other people who have, you know, maybe encountered something strange, have they also seen a black dog because it's like they're trying to protect the thing that you saw. Yeah, it's also making me think
0: back to that one particular story that we covered recently. It was in it was in one of the stories I said where that from that little boy, he'd gone missing and he went into a cave and then his grandma who'd uh-huh. been high- uh, camping in the same exact area had been like pulled out of her tent that night. Yeah. And had these prong marks on her. But she had said that th- that night before, when her and her husband, when grandma and grandpa were like looking around camp, they'd seen glowing red eyes. And so it makes <gasps> oh. me wonder if it was the hellhound kind of like protecting the area because there was so much activity and so much going on there. Oh my gosh. That we're was something. To something. That, yeah, we didn't bring that up because we didn't really know about hellhounds. <laughs> but yeah. now that's a new.
1: That's a new theory as to what that could have been. Wow. That's so fascinating. It is interesting cuz like I'll get this into this in a second, but like the origin of hellhounds kind of came from Greek mythology where the hellhound was protecting the gates of hell. And so it's interesting to think that they're like they're guard dogs and trying to protect the supernatural world from mm-hmm. from our human our human greedy hands. Yeah. And yeah. eyes I guess it says a lot about
0: how they view us. But then it also makes me wonder, are we more powerful than we know? I think the answer is yes. But the fact that they even feel the need to guard against humans makes me think, well, what can we do that is just as powerful or more than you yeah. to the point where you have to create this barrier? Because wouldn't you – I just view us as kind of yeah. these like
1: little floating ducks. Like we were an easy target to take out. I think it Whether would be – The fear of us being, I mean, we're destructive as human beings. I mean, look at what we do. By definition, a parasite. We're a parasite. Exactly. I mean, look at what we've done to our own planet. So I just feel like they don't want us to maybe abuse what powers or Mm. things are out there. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe they just like to be mysterious. (laughs) And so they're like, let's just set out a bunch of hellhounds to, to guard things that aren't actually real, like, things, just to make it seem like there are more things going on behind closed doors. I don't know. Yeah, it's smoke and mirrors. It's a facade. Yeah. Um, No, I don't know. I don't know. If I ever meet a hellhound, I will be sure to ask before I am (laughs) eaten and pulled into pieces.
0: Dearest Um, hellhound, would you like to converse (laughs) with me for a moment?
1: (laughs) Like old philosophers. (laughs) Before I kill you in this duel, please... Speak to me on matters of humanity.
0: 500 word monologue before you (laughs) have any action.
1: Let me quote the Iliad from (laughs) beginning to end. Perhaps I can read a passage from Moby Dick. (laughs) Just like the longest thing ever. Will you please give me notes on my screenplay first? (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay. This is good fun. (laughs) (laughs) um okay so before i go into um specifics of encounters that people have had i would just like to talk a little bit about the history and kind of where they came from so um the legend of hellhounds like i said dates back to greek mythology where hades the god of the underworld kept a monstrous hellhound named Cerberus at the mouth of the underworld to prevent dead souls from escaping back into the world above Cerberus had three heads, a ferocious jaw and eyes, or I guess three jaws because he had three heads and ferocious eyes and the tail of a snake. And as terrifying as the thought of encountering uh, Cerberus is, I do love how loyal he is. And this is something that I'm like, this is why I kind of question my fear of hellhounds is like they are so incredibly loyal, which is very similar to like our beloved pets that we have dogs, you know, Mm -hmm. they whoever they're so-called master is they're so loyal to them and like want to do what they ask of them so it's kind of like you can't hate them for that because like they're just doing what they what they're told and in the story uh, in greek mythology cerberus was actually taken from from the gates of the underworld Um, He kidnapped Cerberus and poor Cerberus vomited and howled with terrible homesickness and like just wanted to go home and return to the underworld. And he eventually did, which is good. But like he just loved his home, you know, I feel like the same way like some people when they drop their pets off at, you know, dog care, daycare, and they just get so sad and whimper and want to be home with mom and dad. Similarly, in Norse culture, the god Odin was said to be accompanied by one or two monstrous wolf-like dogs who helped protect him from danger. And in one epic poem, Odin rides to hell, the Viking underworld, and encounters a hound there who may be guarding the entryway. Uh, and since that time and all of these myths, the hellhounds, the belief in hellhounds has spread, and then it stopped being just a myth and started becoming Real and truth and people all over the world began encountering hellhounds and started sharing their stories so that others could hopefully avoid what they'd experienced. And so people like Corinne and I could obviously read them on podcasts because that is why people share their stories. So we can <laughs> just reread them. In China, there's a huge black demon hellhound named Tien Gu, who is said to eat the sun or the moon, therefore causing eclipses. And Tien Gu is believed to be a type of hellhound. Mm-hmm. In Japan, a wolf-like demon called Inu is said to follow men and women who travel by night and they kind of decide if the traveler has a worthy heart. And if so, they will protect the person and kind of escort them home and protect them from other monsters or other bad things that they may encounter. But if they decide that the traveler has... Clumsiness or cowardice, usually if they trip or fall, the hound will then devour the person. Oh. So don't be drunk walking home by an Okuri Inu. Look down when you're walking. Don't stumble. Yeah. Yeah. And just put your most worthy heart forward. Um, The indigenous people of Mexico and Central America have many legends about the Cadejo, a spirit dog that is often seen by travelers, especially at night. And there are two different types of Cadejos. There's a white and a black, and the white ones are benevolent and are said to protect travelers from harm, but then the black ones are evil and will kill travelers if they have the chance. And apparently both versions of the town have goat hooves and sometimes horns, but they also have a very unique gift where they can speak with humans, but it is said that if they start speaking to you, you will go insane. I don't know if it's the voice itself causes you to go insane, or the idea and prospect of a animal speaking to you causes you to go insane. <laughs> no, that would be like Eliza Thornberry. <laughs> I know, but then like you, you try to tell someone that experience, and they're like, "You're crazy. Dogs don't speak." You know. We'll listen to you if that happens to you. You can email <laughs> That's us. True. Tell us. We're here for you. <laughs> Uh Scandinavia has been haunted by hellhounds called church grims since the time of the Vikings and these black dogs are actually a little bit different and preferred by the likes of me. Um they guard the churches where they live and protect it from evil spirits who might try to invade the sacred grounds. And this is kind of where I was like, okay, I have a theory. Because based on all of the research that I've done up to this point, at this point in my research, I was like There's so many varying stories and it's not just like, oh, they're all bringing souls to hell or they're all protecting hellish things or they're all working for demons, right? This encounter or this experience is like a good one. It's protecting a church against evil. So my theory is that there are two different types of supernatural hounds. There are the hell hounds and then there are the heaven hounds. And similar to like pets the angels and devils and demons have pets and they follow their master's orders. So hellhounds belong to demons and heavenhounds, as I've coined the term, belong to angels. I like that. I'm into that. And I feel like I love both of them because I don't know.
0: They're just hanging out. They're having a good time with their masters. Yeah. I don't know the difference. It's just whatever is their prerogative.
1: Yeah. And I wonder if you can encounter, if you encounter a hellhound, if you can like invoke some kind of parlay pirate's code and be like, I need to speak to your master and then go have a verbal philosophy discussion monologue with a demon instead. If I got that opportunity, 100%,
0: I would just bring the cipher from the Zodiac Killer and be like, (laughs) shall we work on this together? Oh my gosh. (laughs) I feel like that would be the best
1: person to collaborate with or the best entity wow can i come can yeah can you be like can we work on this together but one caveat being one just like one condition is please bring can you project sabrina here from wherever she is in the world
0: perhaps we live stream it
1: i don't know oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) yes please (laughs) so fun i'm really into this idea now i want you to encounter a demon
0: I just picture, I just picture, like, having a little tea and some, like, <laughs> Peel- little Orleans, little sandwiches. Crackers. Yeah, okay. and we're just, like, leaning over the table, like a puzzle table together. You know, we're out of our chair, just
1: leaning across. Okay, let me try something. Let me try something real quick. Beelzebub, Beelzebub, Beelzebub. Sprint, out, daring of you. Anything? Ah, Beelzebub
0: has a devil put aside for me, for me. This is what oh, happens when we get a little too giddy. We get too risky. We do get a little risky
1: when we sing. It's like, ooh, that
0: right there <sighs> could call upon
1: the devil because they not angelic. So, <laughs> it's yeah, that's not very that. true. <laughs> You're like, yes, please come to hell and sing to all of our souls because <laughs> this is a punishment. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so then, okay, so that's my theory. So keep that in mind as we go. Okay, but now. Let's go to England and the UK area because England is haunted by more hellhounds than any other country. It doesn't matter where you are, if you're in a busy city, I don't know, an isolated wilderness um, field or a beautiful estate or a coastal town, hellhounds are just everywhere. There is one called the Barghest, which is a hellhound known to haunt Yorkshire area and doesn't just appear as a black dog. No, it also can shapeshift and appear as a headless woman or a mm-hmm. white cat or a rabbit So basically, if you're in that area, trust nothing and trust no headless person.
0: Um, If I saw a headless person actively moving around and walking, I would automatically be terrified.
1: Exactly. Don't trust them. Don't. Yeah. Run the other way. And this type of hellhound actually really likes making his presence known. Like he'll pop into town and just like roam to be like, I'm going to instill fear. Um, that's my inner monologue for the Barghast. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Swin' Anwin belongs to Wales. And unlike other hellhounds, this one travels in a pack. So they're called the Wild Hunt. And it's not like, because mostly, most hellhounds are actually like solo, you know, they're lone wolves kind of. But this one likes to travel with a bunch. So that would be even more scary to encounter. Um, They spend their time guiding lost souls to the other world and so there were two kind of variants again with this one where it's like they either bring people to hell or they bring people to a paradise that could be reached after death so they're kind of like the reaper as well like they're just Mm -hmm. guiding you into the afterlife and it's it's not like they just decide for you it's you decided for yourself in your life maybe The black dog of Bully belongs to England's Channel Islands. It is the fastest of all hellhounds and likes to terrify travelers by galloping in circles around them. And it is said to run so fast that it can create a storm, which is frightening. And then there are so many other types of hellhounds, but there is one that is kind of more infamous in England. And it's called the black shuck. And he it has been seen along the coast of Norfolk. Essex and Suffolk, and he has only one eye that glows, and it's in the center of his forehead. So imagine a third eye, but that's his only eye. It's not like, oh, he has, like, a patch over one eye. Not a patch, but like, oh, he lost an eye. He only has one eye, and it's in the middle of his head. Oh. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. What in the Halloween town? Exactly. And there are some varying reports of the Black Shuck, again, where... Sometimes he's kind and loving and will escort women and young girls home when they're traveling late at night. But then there are these stories of a massive six-foot dog that attacks people. And there's one very infamous story where the Black Shuck attacked two different churches, killed two people, and caused the steeple to fall through the roof of one of the churches. And as the story goes, during a storm on August 4th of 1577, Black Shuck reportedly broke through the doors of Holy Trinity Church in Blyberg, I think about seven miles from Lace and Abbey, and charged through a large congregation, and it was during this attack that he allegedly killed a man and a boy before the church steeple collapsed through the roof. As the hellhound departed, he left claw marks on the north door of the Holy Trinity Church that are still supposedly still visible today. That same day— Also,
0: sorry, it was before we recorded, but I didn't correct you, but you were saying play it by ear, but you said play it by beer—
1: I know and I, I just, say I say beer. I, I that's what Nick and I say all the time. Oh, we oh, play it by I beer. Like, I
0: just am gonna let this one go, but it's funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I did almost correct myself when I said that to you, but then I was like, oh, she'll get yeah. it. Yeah. That <laughs> she gets me sometimes. That same day, Black Shuck was rumored to have rampaged through St. Mary's Church, about 12 miles away from Holy Trinity Church. The Reverend Abraham Fleming wrote of his encounter, and it's kind of written old timey e so i'm gonna kind of try to read it as clearly as possible so maybe i shouldn't quote the iliad from beginning to end to a (laughs) hellhound because i don't (laughs) think i'd be good at it but he wrote he'd probably be so supportive he's like you got this you got just keep going (laughs) oh i hope so this black dog or the devil in such a linens god he knoweth all who worketh all running all along down the body of the church with great swiftness and incredible haste among the people in a visible forum and shape, passed between two persons as they were kneeling upon their knees and occupied in prayer, as it seems, wrung the necks of them both at one instant, cleaned backwards in so much that even at a moment where they kneeled, they were strangled and died. And that is a first hand experience or first hand encounter yes. um, from the Reverend Certain who was working death. at the church. So again, this is kind of backing my two different types of hellhounds and two different types of black shuck in this area in England because one is escorting people home and another one's like wreaking havoc and killing people and wringing their necks, which is terrible. Um, but then this is really exciting and this is why I needed to bring up the black shuck because a very exciting discovery was made in 2013. A London-based archaeology group unearthed the bones of a gigantic... Dog in a shallow grave about twenty inches deep, amongst the ruins of Layston Abbey in Suffolk. And what? this is oh my gosh! And this this Abbey is kind of in shambles now, and and is you know an archaeological destination or location, and it is very close to where the Black Shuck killed the people in that church at the Holy Trinity Church. So they were like, oh my gosh, this. Might be a black shack because they estimated that the canine stood more than seven feet tall if it stood on its hind legs and weighed about 200 pounds. And in studying the bones, they believed that they dated back to the days of the abbey that the abbey was active, which was all the way back in the medieval times. So about the same time this attack happened. So there was a lot of discussion about the discovery and many speculated that the remains were connected to the Black Shuck because there were so many tales of the Black Shuck terrorizing the Abbey and the surrounding area. And so then people were like, did someone kill the Black Shuck and bury it in the Abbey to prevent any evil from escaping? Or there was, you know, the other side of the, of the debate where people were like, no, maybe it was just a canine com- companion to an abbot at the Abbey who, you know, they buried it there. So it's very hard to know for sure. But... Stories of hellhound encounters can be found all over the internet and in many cryptid supernatural books. But like I said, there's, oh, the man who um, has collected this story, his name is Nick Stone, and he's collected between 400 and 500 accounts, most of which are from England. And while the stories largely spread through word of mouth, the earliest written record of the hellhound is found in the 11th and 12th century Peterborough version of the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle. And the Chronicler wrote that a reliable witness had seen packs of dogs, jet black, with eyes like saucers in a horrible glowing red, led in a wild hunt by men on horseback traveling through the woods stretching between Peterborough and Stamford. Which is such an interesting account because it's like, oh, these hounds are being led by what seem to be men, but are they demons? Or, mm. you know, no one really knows. yeah. But hellhounds were also reported to appear at the 17th century witch trials. And according to some accounts, seeing a hellhound will result in death within a year. Um, or the encounter will bring you the worst of luck. Or you'll die within the year, which is very sad. Oof. And scary. Um, That's very much like the shaky head man. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Which ooh, we still haven't seen. Except for the person who saw shaky head man is still alive. True. Thank goodness. Because we did get the email. Yeah. (laughs) Someone had to write it. Mm -hmm. Through Nick Stone's chronicles, he came across dozens of different names for hellhounds. And as many explanations of what they are, from ghosts of dead travelers to the spirits of dead hounds awaiting the return of their masters, to inscrutable guardians of forbidden knowledge, to just being the devil himself, It's, it's very hard to know. But what I will say is that hellhounds are also very common in the United States, and there are quite a few reports from the Appalachian Mountains, especially in Kentucky and West Virginia. Reports go back to as early as the 17th century of great black dogs with glowing eyes terrorizing the region, and there are so many accounts that have continued into more recent times. In Kentucky, there have been long reports of massive black dogs measuring four feet high at the shoulder and seven feet long. And one of these beasts allegedly prowled the area of Pike County throughout the 1930s and 40s and apparently massacred cattle and sometimes even humans and terrified the locals. Which reminds me kind of a lot of of cryptids in the United States, I feel like. Was it the big bird? What was that one that you did, the massive bat bird-like creature?
0: That was in our Glitch in the Matrix episode. It yeah. was the Thunderbird.
1: Oh, yeah. Thunderbird. Yes. Thunderbird. Yeah. Nice. Nice memory. Um, Usually that like, does wasn't, not happen. Well, I know. I'm surprised. What Wasn't that attacking cattle and, and farm animals and stuff? And now I don't remember. Maybe I'm thinking also of um, the Jersey Devil, I think, did that too. But what I it proves my point because I feel like a lot of these creatures in the United States start out by harming cattle. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why? I don't know. There's also a lot of crossover between them, which is interesting.
0: Even aliens, like cattle. I remember when we were younger, it was always the cow being floating, floating up in the sky, being abducted by aliens. That was always the picture. Yes. Ooh,
1: scary. There is an account from Connecticut where a witness on the site Real Unexplained Mysteries claims to have lived in an apartment that was haunted by shadow people and the apparition of some massive spectral hound. And she said the thing started to appear looming over her bed and she, there's a quote that I'll read. She said, I woke with it over my then boyfriend. It was very immense, standing like a human, had red eyes, long pointy nails. The hands were not like ours, but they weren't paws. It had a very unique snout, more pronounced than a canine. It is, It was no dog, but a beast. I warded it off, but I had so much fear and I guess I had nothing to lose and I hovered But it continued to hover over my boyfriend almost like a dog. I told myself to show no fear and I can't even explain the immense anger that I felt. It does not speak like us, but more in a mind, almost perception, like it was speaking in my mind. So I then growled like it in my mind and remember thinking, stay away. That's when its anger swept over me and all of a sudden it backed up and vanished into the wall. I wish I could say it was a happy ending, but it wasn't. I started having night terrors always ending in my death every night since that experience. Oh, my gosh. Um, moving towards Michigan, you can find many other hellhound encounters. And there's one man who submitted his story on Jason Offit's blog called From the Shadows. And this is an encounter that I will read to you. And then I will pass the baton to you, Corinne, to take over and tell your story. because. Okay. Eek. Okay. He wrote, We had this really strange dog creature that would hang around the property. I say dog creature because this thing was far too big and intelligent to be a stray dog. It had very pronounced red eyes. I'm not saying it was a werewolf or a dog man, but it was very werewolf like. The dog would frequently stalk the edge of the woods on our property in the day. It seemed to have no fear. My uncle would yell at it and try to scare it off, but it would simply rear up on, it, on its hind legs like a ram and charge at him for a short distance. We would frequently find dead chickens or rabbits after thunderstorms, and we knew it was the dog thing because it would leave huge paw prints in the mud and claw marks on the window ledges. Sometimes we would find the screens ripped from our screen doors and windows. It would never outright attack us, but it did seem to enjoy taunting us and harassing us. One summer night, my mom had left the window open in my bedroom to cool the room off so I could sleep. She was on her way to the bathroom and went by my room and heard me talking to someone. When she opened the door, she saw me standing in my bed and I had apparently wet my pajamas. I was talking towards the window. I wasn't screaming or freaking out, but seemed to be transfixed and talking in a low voice towards the window. When she looked towards the window, the dog had its two front paws. Have I read this before? I don't know. You know what this is sounding a lot like? Skinwalkers? This yeah, from our skinwalker episode. But I have read
0: this. Did you read this or or did we receive the same listener email? Maybe we got the listener email
1: <gasps> because
0: I'm, rem- I'm so remembering this, like the pause, right? looking it through sounds, the window, yeah, talking. Well, people, we forget, people forget, keep going.
1: Okay. We can re-say well, it. Cause it's interesting. Cause as I was reading this again, I was like, well, now I had, there's so many connections between skin markers and melons and it's like, how do you di- distinguish the difference from them? Okay. I don't know, but I'll keep reading it. Sorry. If, if you've heard it before, here it is and again, it, it, here it is again. Bonus. Yeah. Um, Okay. When she opened the door, she saw me standing in my bed, and I had apparently wet my pajamas. I was talking towards the window. I wasn't screaming or freaking out, but seemed to be transfixed and talking in a low voice towards the window. When she looked towards the window, the dog had its two front paws pushed through the screen and was looking through the window at us and making low growls. Its eyes glared red, and I always recall the eyes. You could see its eyes out in the woods sometimes at night, and I have bad dreams about it from time to time. My mother threw a beer bottle at the thing to chase it off, but for the next few weeks, I kept having weird behavior and the pets would not go near me. I apparently started blurting out cryptic messages as, We don't want you here. Or, Our ghosts are food. Or, God thinks you're bad. And sometimes would prick myself with sharp objects until I drew blood. One day, my uncle was out back working on his truck when he saw the dog at the edge of the woods making its way in towards the rabbit pen. At this point, he was tired of dealing with it and went into the house to get his gun. Apparently, he fired at it and it hit the dog, but the dog turned and ran into the woods. We didn't see it anymore after that and everything cleared up. And that was his story of his encounter with a hellhound, which now, I don't know, is it a skinwalker, or a hellhound, or what did it want? What, and did did a demon want to possess him? And, that's, and they were instilling fear first. And then, I mean, because like his transfixed moments and and his like weird harming himself and saying strange things is very possession-like. Yeah, very much so. I don't know.
0: Whereas I don't think in all of the stories that we've ever spoken about that included skinwalkers, I feel like you're always in control of your own thoughts and your own emotions. You're just fearful of what's trying to get yeah. in, what's trying to come towards right. you and mimic other things. But you're not without uh, control over your own mind. So right. this makes me think that it's different. But then if we think of just regular creatures and regular species, there are so many different variations of the same species. Like think about think about just like the oceans. There are right. sharks sharks and whales that murder like crazy and others that just suck in plankton and are like whatever. So but <laughs> True. they still look scary and intimidating and similar, so Right, but they're different. Yeah. But they're just different enough. And it is the, fascinating. Yeah, My There gosh. is such a
1: wide variety. And and um, I will say, there w- I'll end with one more thing. <laughs> I keep talking today, apparently. Um, <laughs> there was, because I, I saw this and I was like, oh man, I have to watch it. So there's an episode of Terror in the Woods, which is a show I'd never heard of before. But it's called The Hellhound and it's about a woman named Amy. I think it's based on real experiences and it's like docu-series. But this woman who was exploring an abandoned hospital in Ohio and as she was leaving realized something was like following her and almost tracking her. And it was a hellhound and it had latched onto her and stalked her through the woods <gasps> as she oh returned gosh. home. Ew. This is I making know. me
0: rethink some of those camping stories that we've read where people are like, I haven't seen anything, but I felt like something was following me. Something was yeah. stalking me. And you can there just was, kind of assign it to whatever thing people are talking about in that area. But it could be
1: anything. Right. And with how many hellhound encounters, it could be hellhounds. Mm-hmm. I think, was it the encounter? Did we do an encounters it was all camping stories? And I feel like in all the camping stories we read, there was like, people were seeing red eyes from the woods. Yeah,
0: I think it was one of our first ones. It was called Hiking Buddies, where I think we did all camping. Yeah, and then we've touched on it a few more times. Yeah, and I feel, I feel like, like I did two back to back episodes where it was like all wilderness Cause, disappearances
1: because you are strangely obsessed with hiking. I don't know why. There's a call to the woods. It's because Bigfoot's calling you. He is. But I'm, I'm
0: taking. I'm so but scared. I'm, <laughs> but we can have it in secret. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just gotta wait for the timing to be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. You guys can just get drinks. There's no harm in getting drinks. I mean,
0: does he want to go through the cipher with me, Bigfoot? Do you want to figure it out
1: together? Okay, well, then we have to have a little... I have to be invited. I'll be a third wheel.
0: You know what I picture? Yes, you absolutely can. But I feel like Bigfoot, a date with Bigfoot, I picture it as in the notebook when they're out on the canoe and he's just like rowing and I'm just sitting there just enjoying the the gentle breeze on the like lake like reading a book yes just we don't even we, have to talk ugh. you know we just That's know really that, nice that it's just this You're is just how enjoying it's supposed time to with be. one another yeah quality time it's bigfoot's love language
1: i now want to i now want to see a movie or write a movie version of when a date with todd hamilton but win a date with bigfoot <laughs> It's going to be
0: like when a day with Tom Hamilton meets Shape of Water. Like, fuck up. Oh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm in.
1: boy. I'm in. Anyway, that is those are hellhounds. The the confusing, unpredictable, uh, sometimes ferocious, sometimes kind and lead you home beasts, um, angel hounds or hellhounds or supernatural hounds, whatever you want to call them. They're everywhere. I think this is a
0: good example of trust your gut, right? Mm-hmm. because there's so many things that it, we we used to talk about all the time when we were talking about just straight up hauntings in people's homes that you need to make you need to make an evaluation yourself and and trust what's happening around you and your own intuition and your own gut like is this just a residual haunting is this just some little old lady some harmless cat what have you or is this something more sinister in your home and i feel like if you an encounter if you encounter something like this you need to do the same thing i think probably The blanket statement would be make sure you're somewhere safe because if there's a monster-sized dog (laughs) near you, just you never know. Even if it's a a real animal, if something has like rabies or or anything like that or isn't friendly. But I think this is a good example. Like some of them are friendly and some of them are not. Yeah, it's kind of like people, right? Exactly. Okay, so I chose something. I was trying to find something that was similar to hellhounds without doing just straight up hellhounds because I wanted you to... To give us the full overview of it. Um, And I found something that actually now after hearing you talk about hellhounds, I'm like, this very much could be 100% a hellhound. Because there's a lot of similarities. Especially when you were talking about the story of the the guy who was that dog or the hellhound was like stalking the edge of their property and spending time on their property. It sounds very, very much... Like it could be the Beast of Bray Road. Ooh! So for this story, um, I used quite a few sources, but heavily relied on an article by Archer Parquette and also another article by Mike Ramchek. So shout out to those two.
1: Yeah, I was starting. I was thinking, like, should we do a MLA citation on on our show notes? Now, it so would people can be do f- things. Thirty art.
0: 30 I know It links. would be so long. YouTube videos, documentaries. <laughs> That's true. They're like three pages scrolling, I get free scrolling on Scrolling for Books. hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like it, when I use a lot of research from a certain source, then I'll give them a, a little shout the out shout otherwise out, yeah. it's
1: it's there's too many. There's yeah, there's a shit ton of research. We just we cite the internet.
0: It's the internet. It's yeah. whatever you can find on <laughs> Google when you type that in. Okay, so the year was 1936, and Mark Shackleman, he was making his rounds on the property of St. Coletta School in Wisconsin, which at the time was a school for exceptional children, which meant it was a school dedicated to helping children with disabilities learn. And so the school, it was beautiful. If you look at pictures, it's abandoned now. But I was like, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. It's built in this Georgian revival style. Ooh. And it's just, it looks remarkably grand in the photos. I think it was a little bit smaller when you're actually in person looking up at it. But it's its quite large still. And very captivating during the day. Oh, I like that. one night falls, the structure, casts a bit more of an ominous vibe. The shadows, the arches the architecture it can be a little bit creepy but Mm -hmm. mark at the time he was like whatever that nothing much happens on this job i'm not afraid and it was an easy paycheck for him and he would walk around the grounds at night night after night holding his flashlight he would scan the property go in the buildings there were multiple buildings on the property Mm -hmm. and then he'd go past them he'd go through the orchard towards a big open field where they had preserved native burial mounds and that was kind of his loop. That's what he would just kind of do night after night. But on this particular night in 1936, as Mark began to cross the fields, he noticed a shadow. And he paused and he looked closer without beaming his flashlight to observe the trespasser with without obviously notifying them of his presence. Mm-hmm. And what he saw looked like a wolf hunched over digging into one of the mounds so oh. that's kind of what he thought at first. But then upon further inspection, as he's like really taking in what he's seeing across this field, he realizes that the distance he is away, this thing is much larger than a wolf. This cannot be a wolf. It cannot be a dog. Scary. And so he's he's quietly making sense of what he's seeing when the creature stops digging, looks at him, and then stands up. It's standing no. on two feet. It's over six feet tall, and its body is humanoid, covered in Mm -mm. thick fur, but the muscles are still pronounced enough to make it look like a person. That's terrifying. And its head looks like a wolf. So it's basically, it it sounds like a werewolf almost. It's it's a wolf head and a hairy human body. So obviously Mark is freaked out, and he's hit with fear, but he's also- hit with this disgusting smell of rotting meat, mm. of rotting flesh. Oh, ew. Oh. Which is what skinwalkers also come uh-huh. with. huh Yep. So he takes a step back and his flight kicks in. And he, as he's about to turn and, and, you know, run away, the creature actually turns and runs off back into the trees away from Mark. Okay, thank and goodness. So Mark is like, holy crap, what did I just witness? I don't really know. But it didn't hurt me. So maybe that's a little bit comforting at least, Um, but maybe not comforting knowing that he's walking around alone on this property night after night, and this thing is possibly lurking in the shadows and in the tree line watching him. And obviously he could be an easy target and who knows what this thing is. So
1: really he's unprotected. Also, I don't know that you said this, but I think my mind just created this, Mm -hmm. that the hole that it was digging in was a grave.
0: I, it is. It was oh, a native was. burial mound that they had They had protected so you couldn't do anything to that land because it was preserved for Oof. the native ritual and burial. So that's it's, even more disturbing. Yes. Which makes me think even more Skinwalker because I feel like it, it's the native people that know the most mm. about Skinwalkers and have this kind of like relationship or lack of relationship, this fear and this respect for right. that group. So it makes me, and also it just it reminds me again of like the Tocalosh, like some sort of demon creature digging down, trying to put on human skin and and act like something else. Ugh. There's just a lot of like, well, why? What do you need? What are you trying to do with whoever's in there? What are you trying to reawaken? Oh my god! But anyway, so that happened, and Mark is like, oh god, that was not a good day at work. But he needs his paycheck, <laughs> so he doesn't just quit. He has a family to support. So the next night, he comes back for his same normal night shift, and he does his, his whole spiel of, or his whole routine of going and checking in all the buildings, going through right. the orchard, then going back up to the field where he'd seen that creature the night before. And again, the creature is there
1: <gasps> digging
0: into the exact same mound. Ugh, that is so unsettling. Yes. Native American burial mounds. It is digging, digging, digging. And so, Mark, he holds tightly onto his flashlight. He turns it on, beams the light over to this creature, and the creature again stands up, opens its mouth, and Mm. then it growls in this sort of human-sounding, wolf-like sounding hybrid. And it has fangs hanging out from its mouth. And so, Mark freezes, and he doesn't make any sudden movements, and his heart is beating out of his chest. And then the creature, again- turns and darts off into the woods leaving mark totally okay and then mark never saw it again and there were no other reports made for another 50 years
1: 50 50 so this was in the 30s i wonder if it got what it needed to like live for another 50 years
0: like voldemort drinking the blood of a
1: yeah kind of
0: yeah maybe I I have no explanation, but <laughs> but then it popped up again in the 80s and 90s in the same exact region, specifically around the Elkhorn area. Um, there were did I ever say what this is? I did. Um, specifically in the Elkhorn area of Wisconsin, there were more sightings, and the same description was pretty much given by all these witnesses. And this earned this creature the name the Beast of Bray Road as it was the name of the road where it had been seen for the first time in the 80s. So not in the 30s, but in the 80s it was seen by Bray Road.
1: That is kind of a beautiful name. Like it really rolls off the tongue and is memorable. The beast of
0: Bray Road. I feel like they should do, you know how they have beauty pageants and it's like Miss Chanaha County or whatever. They should do like the beast of Bray Road. (laughs) That that would be your your name. I am the beast yeah, I'll well, I just round. wouldn't plug my eyebrows or wax or shave
1: anything for like three weeks and I'd be ready. <laughs> and I would. I would vote for you and I'd hope you and win. Yeah.
0: I lose so much hair out of my head now, too. I feel like I could just save it up for a month and create some sort of like beast oh. costume. I'm balding, I think. If only you kept your Bigfoot costume. <laughs> my dad has it. He wanted to wear it. So oh. I, I brought it home to Vermont. That's a very nice <laughs> gift. <laughs> it's in the garage in Vermont. Oh my gosh. Okay, so the same description is given to every, by all these people. And so now they're calling it the Beast of Bray Road. And what's unique about these couple decades of sightings is the amount of witnesses. So this beast, it is not trying to be very stealthy at all. I mean, it, we saw back in the 30s. It was just digging in the mounds. It didn't care that there was a flashlight beamed on it or someone staring. Yeah, For the most part, it wasn't very skittish and it wasn't lurking. It was doing what it wanted to do. And so that's kind of what it seemed to be doing. Like, if there was anyone approaching it, it would kind of run off. But for the most part, it was just out and about. And there was one woman who reported that the beast broke into her home, attacked Mm. one of her horses, and left this huge gash across the horse's back, really injuring the horse. And then when she was investigating her property the next morning, she noticed that there were footprints left on her farm And those footprints were 12 inches long. And so for reference, I'm going to tell you what a wolf's paw print is because I looked it up because I was like, that seems really big. It's about four and a half inches long. So that is triple inches. Triple the size footprint. A full foot. A full foot. A full footprint. And in 1999, an 18 year old girl, she was driving down a rainy Bray Road when she hit something with her right tire. And it lifted the car off the ground. (gasps) So she obviously, like, it's rainy. She's young. She's panicked. She's like, oh, my God, I hit something or or an animal or someone or what what have you. So she stops her car and she gets out, runs back into the road to see what she hit. And she doesn't see anything. So she's thinking, okay, well, maybe whatever it was kind of got, like, tossed to the side of the road down the Mm -hmm. embankment. So her gaze moves across the road to the side and that is where she sees a massive wolf-like creature standing up on mm. two legs. So she sprints back to her car. She gets in, shuts the door, hits the gas, and the beast runs after her car, no. leaps onto her truck, <gasps> and is holding onto her truck until it eventually slid off from her driving in the rain and it being slippery. But it got oh. it got a bit of a distance holding onto her car, and she was obviously totally oh my mortified. Gosh. Wait,
1: that is again like skinwalkers. So scary. So the, scary. Ugh, the running as fast as a car is truly horrifying. And this was the
0: nineties too, so I feel like there's a really good chance like she's lucky it was a rainy night because her windows are, are up. Because I guarantee she had one of those cars with the roll up window. Oh my god. For <gasps> sure. That the is like worst. the horror movie central, like <gasps> roll it up, roll it up fast. I know. Oh gosh. Oh my god. Okay, so terrified of what happened this girl, she goes and she reports her experience, and this becomes very public. It's reported out in the news what she saw, and this triggers a local newspaper to actually send one of their staff, Lisa Godfrey, to go investigate the stories of the Beast of Bray Road. So Lisa Godfrey, she wasn't entirely expecting to hear... Uh, anything that she truly believed in. She thought they were going to be a little bit more, you know, outlandish, maybe some contradictory mm-hmm. stories. And then she'd eventually conclude that they were all hoaxes or or mass delusions of some sort. But what surprised her was that the majority of the sightings happened in the same concentrated area. The descriptions were eerily similar. And Godfrey also noted how sincere all of the witnesses were when retelling mm. what had happened to them and so she totally believed them
1: but i love that yeah i feel like that's so rare when someone believes stories that seem outlandish and bizarre it totally totally flipped like they the
0: newspaper sent her out to be like here's what all these people are are hallucinating and and rumor veiling about and then she came back and was like i don't know i think there's something happening here (gasps) and so So what she said was she doesn't necessarily believe that everybody necessarily saw the same thing, but Mm. she's also not ruling out the paranormal. So she said, quote, there's a high probability that everyone is not always seeing the same thing. There could be a biological, physical animal seen by some, while others see phantoms or supernatural entities from a variety of sources. Mm -hmm. A few may be misidentifications or hoaxes. So she's thinking it could be a bunch of different things. But basically, that half of it could very likely be paranormal.
1: That That's interesting, because even I was thinking there was that one version of the hellhound in England that, like, can be a headless woman. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. is it actually shape-shifting? Or, I mean, England's really freaking haunted, because there's so much history. Like, is there a ghost of a headless woman that people are, you know, associating with the hellhound? Right. Yeah, because if you take,
0: like, one one acre of land and... You think the majority of sightings there are hellhounds. It very well could be a bunch of other. Think about all of the asylums and reformatories and hotels out there that just have a whole host of even Skinwalker Ranch, Area 51. There's
1: There's so many things outside of.
0: Yeah. Very much like concentrated areas can have so much. Yeah. Okay. So it doesn't seem based on reports like anyone's actually been injured by the beast at Bray Road, which is really good. That's great to know. Though encounters have been quite scary. Like, obviously, what happened to that 19, 18-year-old girl? Um, One woman also said that she saw it cross in front of her car. Another woman said, and this was actually a young girl, she said that it had chased her through the woods. Or she had been chased through the woods by a beast. So everyone thought that's what it must have been. Oh, that's really scary. Another witness had passed it. And it was crouched down on the side of the road eating an animal. And as the person drove by it, like, got up and went back into the woods. Oh! Other people have seen it during the day, often running on all fours through cornfields. One person even saw it chasing down a deer. And around the time that the beast is seen, a lot of animal mutilations, this is what makes me Mm -hmm. think of, of yours, a lot of animal mutilations have been increasingly reported when that thing is around So from wildlife to livestock, people are seeing and discovering these half-eaten animals with their organs removed. Oh. Which is even grosser because it's like, it's not just like something that kind of was ripped apart by maybe a wild animal. But there's like very clear certain dissection points that was, you know, they're going for this one part or this one part. Right. Right. So weird. So very weird. This beast, the beast of Bray Road, has been labeled as a werewolf. But also sometimes referred to as a Bigfoot, as it has oh. similarities to the Wisconsin Bigfoot named Bluff Monster or Eddie. But then, bluff Monster? Bluff Monster. We we lived on the bluff at LMU Cute. in college. The Bluff Monster. Yeah, or Eddie, that's what they call him. That's bubbly fun. Very, very fun. Uh, but it also has similarities to the Michigan Dogman and Wendigo. So... It kind of sounds like a bunch of different things that are known to the area, a bunch of cryptids that are have mm-hmm. been labeled there. But then also I wrote here, it sounds like a skinwalker to me.
1: Yeah. And there's also another creature we talked about recently, and I'm I'm blanking because I don't have a good memory. Um, That was very similar and like massive and jumped on cars and pulled people out of their houses. Mothman? No, it was like, it was in England. I feel like it was in the last year that I did this. Hmm. I don't remember what it was. But anyway it's all just to say there's i think a lot of crossover with these creatures and it's like because you don't get to study them or you don't get to spend Mm -hmm. a long a long period of time with them there's no real way to verify that they're you know all different or all the same yeah yeah there's really there's really
0: no way and and we won't know yeah we (laughs) never will we never will Um, But in history, the Beast of Bray Road is considered to have the most supporting evidence of its existence because of the high number of witnesses that have come forward throughout the decades. And some still don't believe that there is an unknown beast hidden in the shadows. They say that it could be an escaped pet wolf, a gray wolf, maybe a great Pyrenees dog or Newfoundland, uh, which I'm like, that sounds actually more unrealistic to me than a paranormal and today some sort of cryptid creature. Right. Some people think that it's mass hysteria, which, again, I don't think is right because it's individuals throughout many decades. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the one that I think sounds less far-fetched and actually could have some backing to it is the theory that perhaps it's a bear with mange because there are black bears in the area. And if you look up a bear with mange, it kind of looks creepy and scary. Mm. And they can walk on their hind legs and um, – Right. They look a lot skinnier when they don't have all of their fur and it's all kind of like patchy.
1: Yeah. I would, I I bet some of those experiences could be a bear, but I do feel similar to that reporter where it's like, no, there's too many of these experiences to write them all off as, Mm. as not something supernatural, you know?
0: Yeah. Very, very much so. There's too many. It's all concentrated and it doesn't make sense for it to, to happen once and then not happen for a long time and then start happening again. I feel exactly. like I feel like if it was truly like a hoax or something it would have continued on, but the fact that there is so much time and space between the sightings makes me almost feel like it's more valid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but the beast lives on and while sightings have slowed down a little bit, reports still come in and the most recent report came in July of 2020.
1: Oh when witness
0: Ron Rice of Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, saw what he believes to be the Beast of Bray Road. Um, okay. That's and also. A year fu- ago. Yes. A fun fact about Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Because I was just curious because I was like, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. I've been to Lake Geneva in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. So I, I wanted to just Google it because I was like, and obviously it was named after the lake in Switzerland. Yeah. But I was yeah. curious about it. And in doing so, I found out that they have a beach named Bigfoot Beach State Park. <laughs> that is a very fun fact. <laughs> fun facts. You know how you always find a way to weave in Harry Potter to every episode? I always find oh, a way yeah. to, to bring up
1: Bigfoot. Bigfoot.
0: And if you don't do it, I will. Exactly. <laughs> so, all right. So Ron Rice, he's uh, from Lake Geneva, and he occasionally goes into the town of Lyons for work, where he drops off fertilizer at this farm. And so he was there in July of 2020, doing one of these routine drop-offs. Nothing out of the ordinary. He's done the delivery before. And about 150 feet away from the farm's driveway is just dense wood, like it's farm field, open field, and then just a tree line of dense wood. And Mm -hmm. so it's the middle of the day. He drops off the fertilizer. He's sitting in his truck, and he catches the sight of a seven-foot-tall creature in the tree line, brown, covered with hair, walking on two feet. That comes out of the tree line into the field, picks something up, and then turns and walks right back into the woods. And he's like, whoa, that was freaking weird. Two weeks later, whoa. he's doing the same delivery and he sees the beast again. It walks out of the tree line and then it quickly turns around and re-enters the woods. And it's so, so
1: human like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what is it like collecting? Does it have its own little, its own little food farm? Garden yeah. over there. What's going on? I don't know. But picking up his
1: Amazon packages. <laughs>
0: yeah. I was thinking, like, what if there are little babies? What if they're a little baby beasts just playing in the field right there? And it's just coming out and like leaning down and saying, like, "Hey, stop hitting her! <laughs> I'm going back." oh
1: But like here's little, my call out to all of our Midwest,
0: all of our Midwest mm-hmm. phantoms. My request is for you to keep your eyes peeled for the beast of Bray Road and to tell us. If you have any sightings, please, please do it or hellhounds. I just need to know all of it. The whole thing. Literally anything, anything scary, anything cryptid. Obviously, we
1: love that. Love, love anything paranormal, anything spooky, anything weird, anything happy, anything sad. Mm -hmm. Just we've got a range of emotions and desires. But this is parasites.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. If you ever write an autobiography, Sabrina, that has to be the title of it. (laughs) A Complex Parasite. I freaking love it. If I was on dating apps, that would be my bio. That would be your bio. That was one of the questions when I was on Hinge was, if you were writing a memoir, what would the title of it be? And a lot of people did not understand mine. It got either really great reviews or people being like, what the fuck are you talking about? But I wrote, is the grass wet or is it just cold? Because- it doesn't really have meaning, but I feel like that's because a- you never really know. That's just the question that you always ask when you are trying to go sit down on the grass. Is it wet or is it is it just cold? Yeah, you never know. There's no right answer. You never know. You just kind of got to sit down and hope that it's the way that you wanted it to be. Oh, my gosh.
1: OK, listener story time. And surprisingly, we had a few Hellhound-esque emails. yeah. And now I wish that we could read more of them because
0: after I heard your research, I'm like, oh, I know there are a couple in the inbox that align really nicely.
1: Are similar? Yeah. Ugh. Well, we can do a we could do a whole cryptid themed encounters. 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 Yeah, true. Okay, so this is from Kiva and it's called Hellhound or Guardian. Hey ladies, my name is Kiva McKinley. Oh wait, why did I read her last name? I don't know. Hey ladies, my name is Kiva. I'm from Killarney County, Kerry ireland and i recently moved to the west coast of the usa i am just catching up on the podcast having just listened to the cryptozoology one i actually have a hellhound story of my own that i have told people but have never actually written down so this is new for me i don't think this story is particularly scary but perhaps i'm just used to it by now when i was eight years old i was so excited to start walking home from school on my own i didn't even mind the rain and thunder i would be walking in most days One day after the Easter holidays, I was walking home only about a kilometer from the school and it was raining hard and I was freezing my bum off, soaking wet, and the color of the sky was just getting darker. So I holed up in an alley to call my mom and asked her to come and get me. Just as I hung up the phone, a man came up behind me and grabbed my arm and started dragging me towards the back of the alley. Now I was screaming and kicking like a banshee, so it's no wonder something heard me. Just as the man taped my mouth shut a massive black dog came up and grabbed his leg and started ripping and tearing at him. The man dropped me and pulled out a bloody huge pistol and started shooting the dog, but it didn't seem to face the dog at all. The dog kept at him, and I could rip the tape off my mouth and run to the market down the street to call the authorities. When they got there, the dog was gone, but the man was still bleeding on the street. He was detained, and I put the whole experience behind me but I couldn't get that dog out of my mind. I told my mom and dad about the dog that had saved me and how I was sure he had gotten shot and I wanted to find him and help take care of him. We went back to that alley every day for weeks looking for him. And as we were about to give up, I saw him again across the street watching us. I quickly pointed him out to my parents, but neither of them could see him. I was in tears and I was so frustrated trying to make them see and understand that he was right there after all this time looking for him. Eventually, he turned and trotted off and I never saw him again until about three months after I moved to Astoria, Oregon, I was walking home from the pub and a man started following me. I wasn't drunk and I had pepper spray, so I probably wasn't as careful as I should have been. But as I was unlocking my front door, he grabbed my arm. But before he could do much else, there was a loud growl from behind us. (gasps) The man dropped my arm and spun around and before I could connect what was happening, He was on the ground screaming and a black mass of hair was on top of him. My mind mind flashed back to when I was a wee lass and the dog that had saved me then, and I looked closely and realized that this dog was identical to the one who had saved me all those years ago in Ireland. I shook off the shock long enough to call 911, but before the police got there, the dog stopped attacking and stood back. I held out my shaking hand to him and he rubbed his face into my palm, and then when he reopened his eyes... I realized they were a milky white with no pupil. He pressed his face into my palm one more time and then turned and left. The sense of peace and safety he left me with that day has never faded completely, and I still search for him in the shadows. I have to believe he's still around, protecting me from threats I can't see. I don't know if he's a hellhound or not, or maybe just a spirit that's chosen to protect me, but I am always grateful for him. I want to research it some more, but I also sort of just want to let it be whatever it is. Anyway, I love your show, and I'm a huge fan, and I'm always glad to know that there are other people out there who also believe in what most deem crazy. Thank you for what you do. Stay spooky. Kiva.
0: Wow. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This is making me think so much more of kind of in the in line with what you were saying, in the same vein as what you were saying with them possibly being just pets of, like, angels and demons. Right. Could it be that these are... I'm I'm blinking on the name, but you know, in in Sabrina, when they have a familiar, a familiar, yes, yeah. perhaps not everybody has a quote unquote like guardian angel, so to speak. You might have just a spirit animal,
1: and if you do, that is incredible because the situations that Kiva was in are truly terrifying. And the fact that that mm-hmm. man, when she was a young girl, had a gun, I like know. thank goodness her. I, I mean, let's call it a hellhound, because now I have mad respect for them. But this guardian hellhound just it saved her whole life. Right. And continues to, which is incredible. Ugh. Just the,
0: I the love visual it. of her reaching out and it rubbing its face in her oh, hand. Oh. oh, and the little <gasps> whited out, no pupil eyes. Mm, fine. Wow. I want a pet hellhound. I think same. <laughs> <laughs> we've turned this episode around Keith has turned it around for us oh. we were on the fence but now we're pro now we're pro wow oh my goodness i'm gonna be thinking about this one for days i know
1: it's really incredible
0: yeah i feel like that right there that is a that is a guardian spirit animal
1: 100
0: yeah hellhound So maybe they're just hellhounds are protective beings, but they just owe no one else except for the person that they're protecting anything. They choose to, yeah. And so that's why they can be be monsters to everyone else because they don't give an F. Or it's
1: just, yeah, they have demon masters, they have angel masters, there's a variety of them. There's no one specific type. Yes. Yeah. What's
0: your story? This is from Nicole. Hey guys, I wanted to start by saying I love your podcast. I learned about you too from the fantastic Kat and Jethro of the Box of Oddities. Uh-huh. Hey! New England represent. Yeah. I've gotten in the habit of listening to you guys to and from work, not spark when I'm driving home at 11pm. Uh-huh. <laughs> Anyways, I just listened to episode 32, Ghost Kids, and got inspired to list my experiences. These are all in chronological order as far as I know. Sorry for the novel, but none of them... Warranted individual emails. The first one was when I was about five years old and sharing a room with my older brother. One night, I remember waking up absolutely terrified and falling from near the ceiling, which was not super high because I was on the top bunk, onto my mattress. My parents tried to brush it off as me just sitting up in my sleep, but I was flat horizontal. Like I was laying down on an exam table or something. Oh. My second experience happened when I was about eight. We bought the acreage where my parents still live today And for the record, it was in the country. Our closest neighbor is about two miles away. At the end of the property, there's a pioneer cemetery. And from what we could make of these markers, it looks like a couple of families got sick and passed away. Anyway, my brothers and I would be playing in the woods. And one day we heard laughing. I assumed that it was the boys. But when we stopped talking, the giggling still continued. We've also found pieces of what looks like doll clothing and a leather ball near the cemetery. Then when I was about 18, I was getting for, ready for work one day, and it was the 10th anniversary of my pop-pop passing. I was home alone in the house, and I heard three loud knocks. It made me nervous, but I chalked it up to just being one of the dogs doing something. Then I heard my name clearly and loudly coming from the basement. It was our pop-pop's voice. Oh. Around this time, I was telling my older brother what happened and how it freaked me out, and he told me that he was trying to lay in bed one night. And he felt and watched the side of it indent like someone was sitting down, but there was nobody there. He said that he could smell mint and tobacco like the menthols that Pop Pop smoked. At age 23, I was headed to a friend's house for a movie night with my coworkers. And I was not far from the main drag of bars where all of the local college kids hang out. And as I'm driving, suddenly there's a blinding light and my steering wheel gets yanked to the side. A drunk driver had run a red light and hit the passenger side of my car. If I hadn't been spun around, he would have hit my side and probably killed me. Whoa. And for my last one, this actually just occurred. I work in a nursing home slash care facility, and I firmly believe that facilities like this tend to be more active since it's a place of transition from life to death. For a teeny bit of background, I'm Catholic and carry a medallion of St. Christopher in my pocket constantly. He's supposed to be the patron saint of protection and you aren't supposed to be in any harm's way if, if you pray to him. My coworker came in from a break and she was absolutely freaked out. She described this giant dog as big as a horse and she said that it was black and shaggy and its eyes glowed red. She also described an instant feeling of dread and fear and at around that same time that she saw this dog, I felt a searing hot pain in my leg. I just got home and there's a new perfectly round bruise of where my metal sits in my pocket. All right, now that I've thoroughly freaked myself out again, I'm going to go on my corgi because he's intimidating to bad spirits, right? <laughs> Thank you so much for making my commute so entertaining and giving me two paranormal loving friends.
1: See you on the other side, Nicole. Wow. So many encounters. Nicole, you had so many encounters. The one, the her very first one, the ceiling one, reminds me so much of that story that has stuck with us since the beginning of doing this podcast, the woman who felt yeah. the ceiling.
0: It was, I think it was Encounters 4. I think it was the fourth episode oh. of Encounters where yes, yeah, she was levitating and she felt the like textured ceiling and realized when the neighbor came downstairs and was like, is everything okay? You were knocking, you were banging on, There's on banging my on floor, like your ceiling <laughs> last night, yelling. That's when she realized that she'd been like levitating. So this is very much similar, especially... The comparison of it being like she was on a exam table. Yeah. Which is like being in a coffin, you know, like it's it's straight as a <gasps> it's board. It's so it is, weird. Yes. Very, very creepy. But I will say I'm glad to hear that her brother did experience some signs with Pop Pop that were yeah. much more clear as Pop Pop. Because I was getting a little nervous with the three knocks in the house. Oh. Because sometimes that's attributed to being something demonic.
1: Yeah, yeah, but... Also, I feel like when most people knock, it's like, knock, knock, knock. Yeah, it's just the,
0: the regular cadence.
1: Yeah, and it was coming from the basement, so I feel like it was just trying to get her attention.
0: Right. Also, the the car accident, it just reminds me so much of, you know, when you watch YouTube videos and it's all like, proof of time travel and proof mm-hmm. of, of, like, spirit intervention. Yeah. And it sees, like, people running and flashing lights and someone <laughs> escaping sudden death. And this is so what happened.
1: 100%. It's amazing. Uh, I I just, it's one of those things where, like, because I'm so afraid of cars and, like, car accidents, I hope that I have a guardian who does that for me. Mm -hmm. I just don't know that I will. And I hope. I think you
0: do. I I think the fact that you have so much nervousness surrounding it, I think that's going to be, like, a big focus of your guardian.
1: We'll see. Well, I hope I never have to see, but. (laughs) Yeah we'll see but if i do see i will be sure to let everyone know okay and
0: then the hellhound here's what's so freaky because i was thinking maybe the hellhound was there to you know help someone transition or or Mm -hmm. collect Mm -hmm. a soul of someone as you were saying because that's kind of you know where they were was Mm -hmm. a place where that happened frequently but the fact that her protection medallion at the same time that her coworker is outside face to face with this like horse-sized hellhound that her protection yep. medallion was, like, burning through her leg. That is so freaky. That just reminds me of all of the terrible, horrible – and I say terrible and horrible, not that they are poorly made, but that they freak me out. Terrible, horrible, paranormal movies about exorcisms and possessions where, you know, people put crosses up and the crosses will go upside down or, like, fall down off of the off of the walls. And it just freaks me <sighs> out. And I feel like that this is an example. It makes it so ominous, Yeah. What was supposed to protect you is now hurting you because it's burning your leg. Oh, I really don't like that. Very freaky, which makes me wonder, too, what people at that care facility see. Because you know how so many people, when they're at that stage where they're about to cross over, they'll mm-hmm. people say like, oh, they're just hallucinating, but they're seeing other family members and they're kind of like sitting in this in-between of, of being physically on earth and present with you, but also being a part of the spirit realm and being able to see things that... Most people with their naked eye can't. And so it makes me wonder if all of the people in there are having nightmares and thinking that they're just hallucinating or having nightmares of this giant dog. But what if the dog is like truly going up and down the halls and stuff at night? Ugh, that's scary. Well, if you feel scared, just look at Nicole's corgi. She attached a few pictures and precious. <gasps> you, oh my God. I love when people send pictures of their pets. Me too. It makes every, the end of every email a little less scary.
1: Uh. Yeah. So if you guys have encounters, please email them to us. And if they're scary or sad or anything, also attach pictures of your pets or I don't know, a pretty tree, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Send us everything. Hellhounds, Beast of Bray Road, ghosts, aliens. We want it all. We want it all. Um, if you want to adopt my kittens, send us emails to, to girls, one ghost podcast at gmail.com. You can rate and review us on
0: iTunes. You can tell other people about us. We should honestly just create shirts that say this is a pyramid scheme yeah. because this is what we're trying to do, and we need you to help us. And you guys please. are doing a really great job, and we want you to keep it up.
1: Yes, please help us. Rate and review us on iTunes. Join our social media. All that fun stuff. You know the spiel. We have
0: Patreon, so certain Encounters episodes we uh, record and post a few of the stories there. So if you're curious to see our faces and watch us physically struggle through reading (laughs) out loud, then go there. And we will see you on the other side.